Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Joe Brewer is our very special guest and uh, a, a lifelong resident of, of West Islip. But uh, of course, we all know he spent uh, some time in Oak Beach and purchased a home in the late 90s. Uh, in Oak Beach, and uh, I guess that's where our story begins. Joe, how are you? Fine, thank you, Frank. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, what brought you to Oak Beach in the first place? You know, it was interesting. We had uh, family friends. Um, it was actually someone who knew that was selling the house, um, and they reached out to us, and they, you know, wanted to look at it. I went there. It was a beautiful place. The views are great. You know, it's over at the beach, and. Uh, I enjoyed the beauty of it. I love the water. I grew up, like you said, in West Islip. I, you know, went to the beach a lot. And, um, you know, that's, you know, it was referred to by a friend and that, a friend of the family. And that's how we got it. We put the deal together and bought it and purchased it. The the idea of it being a small community is a, is almost an understatement. Uh, I, I think it's 76 homes on, is, is that sound right? Is that roughly uh, that the right amount? Correct. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that sounds correct. In that whole area, like Cap Tree and uh, and uh, and Oak Island and Gilgo and West uh, West Gilgo, I think there's 450 uh, homes in in the whole area. So I mean, you're in an area that's that's very secluded, right? Very uh, uh, you know, very quiet. Uh, I was just there the other day, and and people are looking at me. Cops came up to me. Um, has it always been like that, or, or has it only been like that since the events of uh, that that have made Oak Beach and Gilgo famous? I, honestly, I wouldn't know that answer. You know what things happen after. Um, it is secluded, though. You're right. It is small. You know when you go when I first went over there to purchase the property, when I purchased the property. It is, you know, it's a beautiful place. You know, it's right where Swathumb and Democrat Point meet. You know, it, it, the inlet to the Fireland Inlet to the ocean. It's, uh, it's beautiful, but it is remote. It could, de- it's definitely remote. It's one thing you don't realize. I didn't realize till after time how oh, it, it is a very remote place. It is, you know. I, I think I'm, I'm happier being on the mainland where, you know, the more the actions. I don't feel like such a hermit as I did over there. But and you know, it's. Uh, it's uh, it, it, you know, it, it's a beautiful place, but yes, very private, very uh, isolated. That's that's for sure. When you were over there, I mean, one of the the residents that's uh, that's talked about so much, and I why well, I, I got an earful from from certain residents about him, uh, Doctor Peter Hackett, and he almost seemed like he was running the the unofficial mayor or or whatever. Uh, just give us a little background on on when you met Hackett, if you, if you don't mind, and I don't know your relationship with him, but give us a little a little rundown on Hackett. He does seem like he almost monitored, monitored the place while he was there, and he seemed like the, um, I don't know, the unofficial, uh, you know, constable or something of, uh, of Oak Beach. Um, yeah, you know, honestly, you know, they have had a lot of events, a lot of meetings. I wasn't really active in a lot of the meetings. I'm sure I ran into Peter Hackett, you know, prior to, you know, the Shannon Gilbert incident and stuff. I, I didn't really know him, nor I think I would have recognized him on the street, but I'm sure we ran into each other, you know, introduced each other and shook hands once or twice, like uh, you know, they meetings every quarter or something. I, I, I'd go to a few not you know, not that many. I didn't really come to meet Peter Hackett till 
all you know till after the you know the the Shannon Gilbert uh, events happened. Um, the first time I met him was the the uh, the first day uh, the, the the day following that Shannon Gilbert you know did go missing. Um, I had no idea she was missing that next day. You know she had left my house the night before. It was the next day. The next morning, I got a phone call from uh, Pack. You know the guy who drove her there, and you know I'll never forget it. It was um, you know I received the phone call the following morning, and someone asked for Shannon. I said, "Oh no, you got the wrong number." And the guy said, "No, no, no, wait, wait, wait." You know Shannon, Shannon Gilbert, the girl that was here last night. I said, "Oh, oh, oh, that guy." I said, "Oh, well, she left," and and you know, so the voice on the other. And the phone said, "No, no, she didn't leave. What do you mean she left? She, uh, she, you know, she ran away from my car and went running through the neighborhood." And you know, at that point, you know, <laughs> I was like, "What? What do you mean?" She goes, "Yeah, she was. She ran away from my car. And was banging on doors." And you know, it is a private community. I, I was, I was very taken back. I was a little upset. Like I didn't know she was knocking on all my neighbors' doors. You know, at five, six o'clock in the morning. Um, so after that, after I got off the phone with him, I immediately called 911 and said, I, you know, I just got an odd phone call, you know, you know, cause he had said she was missing. So I knew, you know, I had to find out what was going on quickly. So, um, after I called 911, uh, an officer came down, uh, Suffolk County and it, it, it was, you know, he knew about the incident. I, I don't think at that time there was, you know, not much alarms going on. You know, she hadn't been found, but it had been less than 24 hours. You know, they didn't want to file a missing persons report, which we tried. Um, so I went down to the gate, talked to the president, uh, Gus Coletti, because somebody mentioned she knocked on her door. She knocked on his door after she left uh, my house. And... You know, I tried to get information out of him. He didn't really know. But then I ran into Peter Hackett at the gate. And it was kind of odd because he was very concerned about a timeline. He, he, was, he was the most concerned out of anybody. And we took a whole, he, he, he wanted a chronological order of every event I could remember from the night before. And at the time, I was willing to give it to him. I, you know, I was just, you know, well, I knew that some girl was missing. And, you know, she had been in my house that night. Um, and... and and when I found out days later, after the you know police or a week later, the police hit, Peter Hackett was denying that incident. And I mean, it happened. I don't know what you know. He was denying that you spoke that, to him that I met him, and he was asking me for a timeline. It was, and I was like, you know, I told police, well, Mr. Hackett was, you know, the guy who's in charge of the films at the gate, which were for some reason deleted that night of all the nights, yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. which it was the first thing that raised my. Now, I'm not saying that's a criminal thing, but, you know, the, you know, right away, the, you know, looking back in hindsight now, you know, I see things different. At the time, I was confused. I didn't think anything was wrong. You know, okay, the girl went missing. Who knows? She running from the drive. They had a fight outside my house. You know, I didn't know what was going on. There was a lot of, you know, unanswered questions out there. Um, so, th so at that gate, when... Peter and his wife was there, who looked very upset. She was in the car, you know, very, very concerned. You know, at the time, I, I didn't see everything as I see it now. Looking back, it was very odd that he was took a full notepad of everything. I offered that to the police. They never found the notepad. I mean, but it happened. I, I you know, I'll take a polygraph. If he's, I mean, it happened. You know, um, and you know, and that was the first thing among his lies. You know, that was the first thing. You know, and that, you know, like you know, I always said what always concerned me about this case was, you know, in hindsight, I didn't realize this at the time when everything was coming down. But looking back, there was 
obviously three people of interest, you know, my, myself, you know, because she was in my house, uh, Pack, the guy who drove her, and Hackett, who, you know, was telling everybody he was in his house at first, all the neighbors, and then he automatically denied everything. You know, what, 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 what makes me, you know, look back right now and wonder is, you know, we have three people that, you know, I mean, question, you know, wondering, you have three people of interest, which I completely understand. And there's two people that are fully cooperating. Me and Packet, I answered every police question. And, and I want to say, I, I feel so sorry for these families and the, the parents of these girls. It was lost. I, you know, I, it's a horrible incident, and, and I hope to God that it's resolved. And, you know, I would do anything to help, anything I could do to help them, you know, help and them get answers. Let me, let me just say this. And again, I'll remind folks that you're listening to Joe Brewer and uh, Frank McKay here. And I appreciate Joe uh, coming on and talking this. But the one thing I got to say, I, and everyone will say the same thing, that you spoke. And when I say you, Joe Brewer spoke to the police. No lawyer. You didn't lawyer up. You didn't you didn't talk to uh, a, a lawyer before you started uh, giving your information. You spoke to the police first, first, like right away. First one to report her missing to the police. But because and again, I am not attacking the police department. I'm sure no, they did the best they can. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going. You know, listen, it was in life. Mistakes are made. We try and correct them in time. And that's what I'm trying to help. You know, if and whatever happened. But I went to them and said, you know, there's apparently there's this girl missing. She was in my house. And because, you know, and I guess it's legally true, because I had no contact with her. It wasn't her husband or her father or some. I wasn't able to, you know, pursue any missing persons report. It wasn't until after that the parents, I guess her mother, started yeah. she was gone that they started asking me. But yes, thank you. I did cooperate. No lawyer. I reached out to them. I called Crime Stoppers. You know, in the newspaper store. Show up in front of my house. I didn't know what was going on. I, so I called crime officers. Why? You know what's going on here? You know I had hey, uh, not to cut you off, but did Pack lawyer up? We know no, Hackett no, did. No, he took line. He was with me. And, and Pack, we should remind everyone, was Shannon Gilbert's driver. Right. Correct. Right, the driver. So as far as you know, he didn't. He, he spoke to the cops as well. He volunteered. I, I have to tell you. And listen, I'm not going to get into character or anything of it. But Pack and me was with me. We were searching. We were doing every can to light the alarms off and say, hey, you know, something's going on here. This girl, you know, she got upset. You know, she, she ran away from her driver, you know, in front of my house. You know, she was upset. You know, I don't know what caused that. Uh, you know, right. uh, we'll, we'll get into another, but it had nothing to do with me, I believe. And, um, and now she's missing. So we were like, you know, and I guess he was concerned for, I was concerned because she was in my house. I, I didn't know what, how Bad this was going to blow up into, but I knew it was a problem that had to be addressed. So in the beginning, we were the only two really searching, you know, like trying to yeah. get answers for. And it wasn't until I think the mother realized that she'd been gone for a couple of days that, you know, I got a knock on the door, like, you know, like five, it might have been a week later, like, oh, by the way, that girl you were looking for a week ago was well, missing now. And I was like, yeah, well, we, I was trying to tell everybody 24 hours after I was notified that there was a potential problem from Pac. You know, I mean, he, I believe he would know. Pac didn't call the police and uh, you were the first to call the police. What, what happened was, was what happened was um, 
And I'm not supposed to say these things according to police. But no, listen, at this point, you know, it's so far gone. I, I'm, I'm a, I there, can't. There, there are new players in town. There's a new DA who wants to solve this. There's a new uh, police commissioner who sounds like he wants to solve this. And, and we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, before you before you continue, uh, what's your feeling about that? I, I, it sounds to me like you want this solved. No, I do. And I'm so glad there's a new, you know, Again, I, I don't know what went on in the Department of Time, you know, with, with I mean, looking back, there, there were cover-ups. It was so cover At the time, I didn't see, like, you know, especially with the hacking thing. Anytime I had information on him, it, it I almost felt like the lead detective didn't want to even hear it, didn't want anything to do for it. You know, and I had information from, like, you know, the next day, the mother, uh, Shannon's aunt came to the house with her husband and had mentioned that they got a she got a call from this Dr. Hackett that Hackett had her in a house. And, I, you know, it was a relief for me at that point. So the next day I'm like, oh, thank God. All right. She's OK. This guy, you know, Dr. Hackett called the mother and said, you know, we have a wayward home. I'm, I'm not sure what that is, but, you know, that was that was told to me. So I was like, oh, all right, good. You know, oh, wait, then, who, who told you that? Shannon Gilbert's aunt. Aunt and her husband came down, who is a military man. They came to my house. I, I took him into my house right away. I said, yeah, what's going on? It might have been a day or two later, but it was very close. I don't remember if it was the next day or two days later. Did they seem antagonistic towards you? Not at all. They seemed concerned, as I did. Never at one time I was like, listen, this, this, well, this turned out to be a horrible thing for people and families. Um, I, you know, I, I, if I could do anything to help solve, I, you know, I pray it is solved for, for those families, for, you know, that, for, for, for the girl. I mean, you know, it's a horrible situation. So, you know, with Hackett calling, and then I find out that, oh, well, he said he didn't call. You know, you know first, you know, the, the mother heard the wife's voice. You know, Hackett calls. He says he has Shannon in his house. Then he's, he denies it and says it wasn't called. Then they traced the phone back to his wife's cell phone. So apparently he called from his wife's cell phone. That that seems like he's hiding some already. Then he called from his phone. They traced call back to his wife's cell phone. And in my understanding, he says he accidentally hit his phone and the 10 digits randomly dialed Shannon Gilbert's mother. I mean, come on. That, that, I mean, how? I mean, what? Who could possibly? Does, I can't even pick one lotto number. <laughs> this guy's got not ten out of yeah. ten digits in a row. By and that was his alibi. It's like that's that's hitting lotto. Like you're right. Uh, it's like being struck by lightning ten, ten times. times. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, come on. And that was bought. Like I didn't. You know, I'm so sorry to think of it closer to the investigation. You know, because I was nervous. I didn't know. You know, it was a crazy world that you know I was living in then. Um, and it just, it, it couldn't imagine. And then, and then the next day, um, one of my neighbors tells me, Hackett told his, uh, it was it was the wife told, that her, Hackett told her husband, they were you know friends, that oh yeah, he had Shannon at his house and gave her a sedative to calm her down. This was information I got from a neighbor I know. I give that to the police again. It's like. They almost didn't hear this. Oh, well, Hackett denied. I go, well, what do you mean he denied? He told, I don't care. So, you know, we have like, I mean, it's day three, and we have this one guy lying, completely lying about this. So, you have two, me, me and Pac, you know, again, I'm not, I'm no hero or anything, but, you know, we were trying to solve, you know, trying to get to, because, you know, we know, you know, I mean, I know from watching TV that, the quick, you know, 48 hours or less, right? That, yep. That's your time frame. You want to, you know, someone's missing. You want to get them quick. So, you know, we were pursuing. And then, 
you know, I just, now looking back, it just kept pushed aside. Like, it, it, you know, why was Hackett given so much loose? I don't understand. You know, now my interrogations too, like some misinformation. And, you know, it, it doesn't really matter at this point, but there was never ever war, like, you know, in the news, like, oh, they raided, warranted, never once. I called them. I invited them to come to my house. I encouraged them. There was never a warrant. Never. I gave my DNA, my car, everything was all voluntarily given because I want to do anything I possibly could to help the investigation. And, you know, I mean, I, I wanted solved. There's nothing ever. Uh, let me just remind folks, if you're just tuning in or turning on your radios a little late, Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Joe Brewer from uh, Oak Beach, and he is giving us uh, an exclusive, exclusive on uh, the story of what happened in the aftermath of uh, Shannon Gilbert's disappearance. And, and I'm going to repeat it. I'm going to repeat it. He has never lawyered up. He has never lawyered up. He's never. I mean, did you did you think about lawyering up? I mean, you, know, you gave DNA. You well, you talked to cops without. I will. I will, yeah. I will even say this to the lead detective. I I said straight to him, and um, um, they asked me. If I had a, I don't know how it came up. I said, no, you're my lawyers to the police because. They wanted the same thing I want. They want the truth. They want this solved. They want to say it's crazy. I, that you, I, you know, I had people, I have lawyer friends said I was crazy to do that. But, you know, I knew one thing for sure that nobody knew. I knew I didn't hurt anybody. I knew I know. I didn't. By the way, they don't think you did, I, because if they did, there would be the glass between you and me right now. You know what I'm saying? I, it's I, it's it's and it, my silence. I don't know if this is part of you know. You know, it's interesting because, you know, one, the reason why I've been quiet for all these years is because at that time, the police in charge said to me, they said, you know, you know, can Newsday, can the media, can everybody arrest you? Can we say, Joe, if we thought you were guilty, we would tell you to do all the media, all the shows you want. If when we think someone's guilty, we tell them, talk to everybody. Tell, we know you're innocent. We need you to be on our side. And that means shut your mouth. So when the head detective of the police is telling you, to shut your mouth to help me with the investigation that I want to solve, you know, I kept quiet. I mean, which, I, by the way, which you did, and and by the way, I don't know that it helped you public relations wise no. to be quiet. No. Uh, but you listened to what the cops said, and I, listen, I've my I've been maintaining uh, cover up. I, I'm not saying I know who killed these people. I'm not saying uh, what happened. People have their theories. All I'm saying on this show. All I'm saying on this show, time after time, that uh, I don't know who killed them, but I know who covered it up. And and to me, the county executive, when he came in, he appointed Jimmy Burke, the, uh, the police chief. And I, by the way, I knew both of these guys. I have no, I, I have no ill will, or I had no will, ill will for any of these guys. Certainly, Spoda, I had no ill will from. But they covered up. They covered up a serial killing. Is what they uh, is what they covered it up. Uh, just unbelievable to me. By the way, we're going to take a quick break. We're here with Joe Brewer, and uh, very appreciative that he's sharing this with us, and he's been very candid, just like he was with the cops. And I've got to say, this isn't my high school buddy. I, I've uh, I met him a couple of months ago, and uh, he explained to me off the record uh, his uh, his story, and I, I have said there is no possible way that this guy is lying to me. There's no way. And every time I spoke, every time I spoke to someone who who knew him, Right, they're, they're they're saying he's he's an honest guy, right? He's a he's a partier, or he, he was a party, or whatever he was. But 
he's uh, he's he's no he's no killer he's no whatever and and i've got to say this all the cops i've spoken to all the investigators that i've spoken to over these years they said the same thing oh brewers now it's 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 not bro it's not this whatever and every cop i ever spoke to that had anything to do with anybody from the in investigation they always said joe brewer spoke to the cops without a lawyer which is insane but he, he did and and he just gave you know clear information uh, i don't know pack michael pack michael his name um i don't know him but uh hackett lawyered up and hackett has changed his story a million times barbara hackett his wife changed her story and she you know changed it and again i'm not saying they did it but i'll tell you what uh joe brewer is our very special guest thrilled to have him here uh and it looked when I uh, said to him in person that it looks like we're going to have a new DA and it looks like it's going to be somebody that wants to solve this thing, his face lit up. He wants this thing solved. He wants, uh, he, he feels terrible. I don't want to speak for him, but terrible uh, for all the victims uh, in, in this situation. Uh, certainly Shannon uh, and, uh, and, and the others, Every, everyone else. I mean, he, he uh, honestly tears up, he uh, chokes up anytime he, uh, he thinks of them. And uh, by the way, so do I uh, uh, privately. But uh, Joe Brewer is our very special guest. More next time on Breaking It Down.